Hello there! This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. Hello. Hey. Hey, 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 hey. We is here. <laughs> We're here. We're back. This is Rich Wilgus. John Tellerico. And you are listening to This Geek in News. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait a minute. That, that show's taken. That's the show we wanted to do, a yeah. tech show. Yeah, we wanted to do a tech show or a show about wine. <laughs> but those were both taken. Yeah. So you get this. <laughs> we got, you know, nothing. Literally, we've got nothing today. We have new new listeners, though. Uh, a friend of mine from the cafe, uh, Tim Gorton, listened to... Is he a fisherman? To... That's a bad joke. Yeah, that's really, really bad. But he, <laughs> he listened to, um, not the most recent show, but the one before that. He listens on Saturdays, so he you know he's like six days in, and he's still listening to an old show. Cool. Yep, we find that a lot. Look at our stats, and we see all the old shows, the original shows, they keep getting listeners. Well, that's because you... I'm fix, the man. Fix the feed. You're the man. <laughs> I'm one so of them. all of those Apple listeners uh, uh, now have access to our old shows, and those downloads keep going up and up and up and up and up. So we got some news. We got what do you got? Well, what do you got? All right, I'll go first. <laughs> Can I go first? Yes, yeah, you go first because it's on the board. We have good news. I have good news. The fabulous Lascivious Biddies live in concert, March 24th, 7:30 p.m. At SUNY IT. And for those of you in the uh, central New York area who can go, go. I'll be there. John's going. I'm going. It's going to be a great show. And my ego wants me to believe they rescheduled it so I could actually go. (laughs) That's exactly right. They checked your schedule and, and did it according to that. Well, the funny thing is they're originally they originally booked a day for when I was in South America. So I uh, hurriedly started writing frantic emails to everyone involved, my friends at SUNY and my friends in the biddies, of which I have none. But nonetheless, <laughs> I get they get my emails anyway. Right. And uh, so I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe they rescheduled for me or maybe not. But the bottom line is I'm going to get to go, barring accidental death or dismemberment. Well, we'll try for both, but... <laughs> well, that would mean I have to get go in the NRA, right? Yeah, that's right. You get shot in the face like from Cheney. <laughs> I didn't want to bring that out. No, because it's such a know, non-topic. It's a non-topic, but the, the it, media it just kills me. Totally glommed onto that. It, hunting accidents happen every day, and they made this, and it was an accident, so yeah. it's no big deal. <laughs> yeah, if anyone thinks that he was going around shooting people in the face because the guy wasn't donating enough to his campaign, I think that that's a little ridiculous. Yeah, I, who cares, you know? I mean, there are things that these guys are doing that are worth talking about, and, and shooting accidents aren't them. Yeah. Aren't it. Aren't, aren't they. <laughs> they they aren't, be not it. Aren't those. Yep. So what do we... we no, we got pretty. more news, actually. We're not going to go to the wine, are we? Or are we going to go to the wine? Well, I'll talk about the wine, and I'll, I'll mention a couple of things. We're, today, we're drinking another Italian wine. This is something I picked up um, when I had that horrible retail experience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is a uh, Cantina Zaccanini. It's a Montepulciano d'Abruzzo. 2001. It's a red. It's a red. (laughs) 
It's dry red. I actually this is it's got some sweetness to it. It's not as dry as I thought it was going to be, but uh, pretty good. Yeah. Apparently, like it. it got uh, high marks on Wine Spectator, but if you like it, that's all that's important. Yeah, not quite as dry as last week's wine, which was very dry and very smooth, mm-hmm. very oaky. Last week's wine, I liked it. It's oaky. <laughs> I don't know. It had some certain, I don't know what about it. It had a certain something. Yes. <laughs> a je ne sais quoi. Yeah. That's, I don't that's even know what, what that means. And it I mean, studied French for three years. Je ne sais quoi means I don't know what. Does it? Yeah. That's oh, why okay. I said je it. Ne, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Je ne sais quoi. Je ne is uh, negating. I don't. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I forgot. All right. So I had some fun last night. Did you? Yeah. That's rare. Uh, yeah. It, <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> Because if I had more fun, I wouldn't be here on Sundays. That's right. Jeez. Had some fun in the recording studio, the Analog Realm recording studio. Recording who? Actually, I was mixing. Mm -hmm. I was mixing the Honeybush Brothers. I don't know what that name means, but I like it. (laughs) Actually, it's a a plant, a honeybush. It actually exists. But um, Or so you say. I went there to mix some stuff that's on tape that had nothing to do with the Honeybush Brothers. And when I got there, they weren't done. And they asked me to mix the last two tracks. So I did. I still got it. You still got it. Hadn't done it in a while. You, you know? didn't lose your chops? Haven't done any hardcore multi-track mixing and uh, had fun. Yeah, I'm experiencing something like that myself. Yeah? Yeah. At work, um, I, as I've said, normally I do some programming type activities, project management type stuff. But uh, right now I'm doing some artwork again. Really? Yeah. And what tools are you using to do it? Mostly Photoshop. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm putting together the, the new company website. So um, I've been tapped to do that, do some uh, marketing materials as well. Wow. So I think I still have my chops. Good. I'm glad we both have our chops. <laughs> Where would be we be without, without chops. our chops? We Nowhere. Exactly. You see, what we do is when we need that extra push over the cliff, we go to 11. Jeez. <laughs> oh, it's one thing I, not, I never thought I'd hear is a Spinal Tap reference. I've only seen the movie 80,000 <laughs> times. That was sarcasm. Yo, oh, he's funny. Funny. It's funny. It's such a fine line between stupid and uh, clever. Jeez. <laughs> it never ends. Oh, jeez. I could quote Spinal Tap all day. Well, let's start from the beginning. Scene one. <laughs> no, I've got a couple Hi, of pieces. Hi, I'm Marty DeBerge. <laughs> I was kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've got a couple of pieces of news here. These, these are some follow-ups. Uh, remember our buddy Pat Robertson? I've heard of him. Yeah. Well, apparently uh, he was voted off the island. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, voted off the board of the Religious Broadcasters. Religious Broadcasters board, I guess. Um, and he's no longer a member, at least of the, the board, that is. He can make no decisions. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Maybe they're voting him off because he's not, <laughs> like, fundamental enough. Yeah, he's not crazy enough. Exactly. Well, I'm thinking it's one of two things. One is either he's not fundamental enough, which I can't believe, or the other is he's bringing way too much attention to to the uh, the ideas that they're trying to push, and last thing they want is publicity out and out. So I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, but uh, he's no longer wanted on the board. Hmm. Did he have to eat monkey brain or anything? Or maybe that's why he got voted off, because he didn't eat the monkey brain. Well, he did a couple of challenges, and I think he didn't hang on to the pole long enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Well, you can take that any way you want. Nobody really wants to hang out of the pole. <laughs> All right. Um, the other thing is some follow up to the the McDonald's. A little kind of a uh, I don't know synchronicity here. 
I was looking at some some uh, websites, and I think it was Boing Boing again, and they put a link up for this uh, this site, which is probably going to come down soon and be sued very heavily by McDonald's. And it's uh, if you want to go to it while it's still up, it's mcvideogame.com. It's mcvideogame.com. And uh, you get to play this little strategy game, essentially running the entire McDonald's corporation from farm all the way to distribution. So it's sort of like Civilization or one of those games. That's right. You you build you build your plots of land. You know you you plant your your grain feed, which is soy based grain. You put your cows on the land, and then you grow the cows, and you can actually genetically modify the plant so that they can grow faster. Oh, good news. Yep. Um, and then you can uh, then slaughter the cows, of course, to make hamburgers. Sometimes you know the cows aren't growing fast enough, so that you can pump them up with some hormones. And then you can do things like uh, you can take the the cow waste and put that back into the feed, if which you, is if, done, <laughs> which is done. And sometimes because of that, the cows get sick; they get mad cow disease and other things. And you have to slaughter them before the bad cow meat gets into the processing. And then you go to the store, and you can uh, manage the store by hiring people to work on the assembly line or at the registers, keeping the customers happy. And if the uh, the people aren't happy with their jobs, they sometimes spit on the burgers, and that causes people <laughs> to get sick. You can have some bad publicity that way. And then you then you run the head office where you run the, the marketing campaigns, and you pay off politicians and nutritionists to make sure that uh, everything looks hunky-dory at McDonald's. So basically, it's a real, real-world analog. It really is. <laughs> Holy cow. Yep, and you always end up getting fired because your profits aren't high enough. <laughs> It's great. Because we answer to the shareholder. That's right. That's exactly it. You can't just have a modest little burger shop. It has to turn into this gigantic corporation. Yeah, and it's great because whenever you start out, you start out with a couple of cows, you're making a few burgers, and then if you go to the boardroom, there's this little executive bouncing up and down. He's saying the profits are not high enough. The profits are not high enough. That's what he's always doing. Every time you click on him, that's, that's what he's always saying. Profits are not high enough. We actually should do a show on the corporate charter and just how wrong it is. You know, like they talked about it at length in the movie The Corporation, which I talked about briefly Mm -hmm. on one of my solo shows. We should do some research on that and get some people here and do uh, an interview, you know, and basically on just how corrupt the corporate charter is and and how it needs to be changed before we can really have prosperity in the world, I think. Mm -hmm. Yep. So take a look at this. I think it gives you a good idea of, of how you keep getting driven. And I think the thing that struck me was yeah it's a little bit of a game and sure there might be some hype in there but it really is true you're constantly pushed to make more and more profits and you realize just how easy it is to get caught into it yeah well we're gonna get all geeked out here (laughs) kirsten's gonna laugh but um you look at the ferengi in deep space nine and i can't look at them they disgust me (laughs) well of course but they're the the ultimate capitalists and i when you look at them and if you can step away and step back they're not really all that more radical than some of the more rabid capitalists who practice it and practice it that way right in the the economic systems that exist today i mean i think they were meant to be an exaggeration but as time goes on and 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 as as capitalism is practiced in a much more um mercenary way the the, the ferengi are sort of like old school you know i mean <laughs> Old school. You know what I mean? I never heard any Star Trek race called old school. <laughs> Frank, you're old school. I'm making that Yo, claim man, right now. Yo, man, they're old school. Yo. <laughs> anyway, they are. They really are. So that's that. Check out uh, mcvideogame.com and learn what it's like to be a corporate executive. Fun, fun, fun. Till the daddy takes the team right away. Yeah. Anyway, we got a tune. It's a friend of mine, actually. He goes by the name Smack. His real <laughs> name is Sean. 
But he goes by the name Smack, and I'm not going to tell you why, because it's sort of a funny story, and I'm not sure he wants uh, wants it shared. Yeah, but and the this, song's about uh, being a good corporate executive as well. Actually, it is. Uh, this is a song called American Pimp by my good friend Smack. <laughs>
I believe. I'm a believer. John's actually wearing an American Pimp shirt, which is the amazing <laughs> thing right now. I it's, am not. Oh, yeah. It says Star Wars. <laughs> Speaking of geeks. From a distance, it looks like American Pimp. I'm sorry. I don't... That's Smack, the the effervescent and always personable and outrageous Smack. <laughs> I think it was a great tune. I think it's a smoking tune. Yeah. He um he used to work for one of the companies that where I work my, my company deals with, and I basically had to talk to him every day in my duties. And uh, he stopped by our trade show booth one year, and uh, you know he was all into wanting to go out and <laughs> get hammered and get some ladies. <laughs> He wanted to meet some lady friends. Yeah, Smack's, Smack's a bit of a wild man. He really is. And, you know, I guess you can probably, I mean, that's certainly bolstered by the theme of that song to some degree, I would think. Well, you know, it, it's a natural pr- progression. You go from pimp to to rock musician or, or any kind of musician. You've got people like uh, Ice-T. I think he was a pimp. And then you got Snoop Dogg. He was a pimp. Yeah, yeah. So I think um, it's actually a, a nice little career path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely think it was. Uh, Frank Sinatra. Pimp? Frank Sinatra. No. Definitely a pimp. No, maybe not. Maybe he was involved in some other way. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, we really don't have a topic for this part of the show, do we, John? <laughs> All I've got is drinking. <laughs> All I've got is drinking stories. and into- You know, we were, we were struggling. We, John and I have both been preoccupied this week, and we haven't thought of a good meat, meaty topic. <laughs> Funny, meaty. Yeah, the vegetarian show with a meaty topic. For the, the middle of the show, generally, I don't know if you've noticed before, but between the songs, we got a little meat. We got a little substance. Yep. It's often not enough for some people, Kim, but um, <laughs> some people complain we need to be more hard-hitting. I mean, what do they want? Geraldo Rivera? What's going on here? Well, next week we will be opening up the, the vault of El Capone. <laughs> Next week, in many ways, we will. Actually, we can talk about that briefly, too. Next week, we're going to actually go on location and do an interview. How cool is You've said too much already. Jeez, all right. So drinking. (laughs) So do you ever do anything you regret? Prior to the show and a moment ago, we actually paused the machine. (laughs) The Wayback Machine. Anyway, that's a great website. And we were looking for a topic because we were sort of unhappy with the topics we've been thinking of. And John was like, we were going to do a top five, which we've done a couple times before. Top five things you regret, and that sort of morphed into the indiscretions of youth. And and I guess it's just drinking stories at this, <laughs> really? at this point. <laughs> I was just telling Rich, you know, that, that most of my indiscretions involve drinking, you know. And I'm not proud of it, but, you know, a lot of people do some of these things. And, well, unfortunately, mine always involved drinking. It wasn't just being a youth. It was an imbibed youth or imbibing youth. And I, I guess I actually came up with three things from my top five of things that I regret. Um, we won't really present it as a top five list, but for your humor, <laughs> we will present you with things that we did that are stupid or that we regret in no particular order. And things that you shouldn't do. Don't try this at home. Do not try this at home. We if are underage. We don't condone underage drinking, even though some of these stories involve it. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, all of my drinking stories are not underage. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'll start. Top five things I regret. Actually, it's not top five. It'll be three, but we won't even talk about numbers. Um, things I regret. I'm actually really shy, despite the fact that I act like an ass on the radio. I'm actually terribly shy. And there, I can, I can name a hundred times when I've walked into a club, a coffee shop, a bar, a restaurant, whatever. And there's been some, well, usually I would just be attracted to her outward physical appearance at first. But there's been a woman that I was like, wow, I should go talk to her. But I never do. I'm just like a chicken shit. You swore. Did I say that out loud? Yeah. Well, that's not unusual. It's not unusual to it's not unusual to wait be a, a chicken. 
No, it's not. I guess it's really not. But, you know, take a chance. You know, take a risk. Hey, let it all hang out there. Well, that's one of the big uh, things that most of the philosophers usually say is, you know, it's, it's better to try and fail than to not try at all. There's a lot of quotes. There's so many quotes. I don't even know that. who said that. Yeah. There's so many quotes that paraphrase that. It is better to have loved, loved and, and lost. lost. Yeah. yeah. That's perhaps the most quoted quote. Yep. So what do you got? My first drinking story. It's not the first public drinking thing, but I really regret this because, you know, it got my parents involved at one time. <laughs> my first year of college, I went away to college. I was in the middle of Boston. BC? And, yeah. Uh, no, actually, it was uh, Boston University. B, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. So I'm in my first year. And you, you live near the sign. Yeah, I was right in Fenway, near Fenway, um, the Sitco sign there. I was in uh, Kenmore Square. So anyways, I'm, I'm my first year of college, and as most people do, they get involved in you know a couple of parties here and there. But in my dorm. No. Yeah. Wow. And this dorm was an old hotel that was converted into a dorm. I mean, this, this is an ancient, ancient building. So there's some of these rooms are sweet kind of rooms where they've got these nice bay windows looking out onto Beacon Street. And it was it was great. And and friends of mine, they were having a a party in their room. And uh, I had gotten into a lot of drinking in my first year. And I just so happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And this party got busted. And uh, my parents got involved because, um, well... I got on the blacklist for being a, a, a drinking kind of guy, so I had to go to a little education camp, <laughs> little educational this is program. mandated by the school? Yeah, you know, they, they, they had me go to this little educational program about drinking and the dangers of drinking and all that were, stuff. Were you underage? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So <laughs> that's why first the, year of college. That's why the party got busted. Because well, the party got were, busted, yeah. Because of uh, suspected underage drinking? Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, this wasn't like a graduate school type thing. This was... Freshman year of college, I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was I was kind of bummed out about that because I embarrassed my parents and that kind of stuff. This know? is the first time yeah. I'm hearing this story, ladies and joims. Yeah, and well, and I wasn't the worst kid at that school either. I wasn't the worst oh. kid at that dorm. You were probably in the middle of the bell curve. I actually. was right in the middle of the bell curve. You know, the kids who were drinking and getting caught at these parties. But it, actually, there's this one party. It was Halloween that year where one kid um, got a little bit too drunk and threw up lit jack-o'-lantern out a 10-story window of that dorm because we were on the 10th floor. And it ended up, um, and this isn't even funny, it landed on a person. That's not funny. No, a person was in on their or in their car getting something out of their trunk and it landed on the back of the trunk and it hit the person and put them in a coma. So the kid was uh, issued away from school and actually arrested. Well, yeah. 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 I God, I used to work with a guy who went down to Spring Break, Florida 10, 20 years ago. And they got all coked up, and um, his friend actually unplugged the Pepsi machine. <laughs> and this is not funny. And he threw it off a third-story balcony. Oh, you're kidding me. I am not kidding. I mean, and I don't think anybody was hurt, but that could have involved serious, serious death and dismemberment. Oh, man. That's just nuts. All right, my story number two, something I regret. Years ago, I had a brand-new Volkswagen GTI. I'm driving GTI. Yeah. 16-valve. You you were in the car. It Perfect, Nugent. It was a black one. Yeah. Five speed. Had some had some balls, too. That car was pretty cool. And um, anyway, I picked up my friend Todd up uh, up in northern northern part of the city, and he lived kind of in the country. And uh, on the way back out of his house towards wherever we were going, we were going out. It was probably 11 or midnight at night. 
I was really honking. I was doing 75, 80 miles an hour, and I hadn't been to his house that many times. And as I'm cruising back, there's a stop ahead sign. And it's not just a four-way intersection. It's a T. And I'm driving towards the T. <laughs> and holy cow, there was silt all along the right side of the road. The car did not have anti-lock. It was prior to the anti-lock craze where everything became anti-lock eventually. The the two tires on the right side of the car got into the dirt and locked up, and the cars the tires on the left side of the car were on dry pavement, so those were still rolling, and I'm just seeing this stop sign looming. It's getting really big in the windshield, and I'm still going really fast, and the car's getting a little sideways since uh, the tires are not moving at the same speed. And next thing I know, I just turned left, which is the direction we had to go, hoping and uh, the tires gripped, and I made like sort of a bat turn. I mean, it was like something <laughs> out of a Starsky and Hutch episode or the A-Team or something. I went sliding around the turn, ended up in the right lane, going in the right direction. He was on two wheels. <laughs> it was like the Joey Chitwood thrill show. <laughs> he went through this wall of fire. It was a big explosion, and I jumped. <laughs> no, but I mean, I really feel lucky, because if it was earlier in the day, I'm certain I would have hit somebody. You know, I mean, it's it's a very residential area up there, and there's a lot of developments being built up there there were then and there are now and holy cats if it wasn't for the fact that it was midnight i would have killed someone or myself <laughs> or something so that was really stupid we're gonna chalk that one up to the impetuousness of youth yeah and my uh second and last story i'm not gonna embarrass myself anymore it also involves driving um and this time it was on my 21st birthday so so you were legal i was legally drinking and there was driving involved, and it was very stupid of me to do so. But at this place where I was, I was with some people, and one of the people, peoples, <laughs> was actually a police officer. Hmm. Yeah. Someone I never met until that night. He was a police officer, and I'm, and this was so many years ago, I don't even remember if he was a state trooper or a city police officer or what. But um, he knew that I was way beyond gone. I mean, I was to the point where walking was somewhat difficult. So driving certainly was out of the question. And he um, he actually agreed to follow me home, let me drive home. And he followed me to make sure that I was okay. I don't know. And I wasn't planning anything because I was a little bit gone. I didn't really reason this out and say, Oh, yeah, that's great. He'll obviously just jump out of his car and grab the wheel if anything goes wrong. Yeah, you, as if you still couldn't get into an accident? <laughs> right. What's going on there? Right. So anyways, he said he'd follow me home. And I don't I don't know this person, so I don't know who it was. So I hope I'm not getting anyone in trouble about this. Well, what was his name? <laughs> I don't remember was his name. Was this local? This was local. Huh, okay. Yeah. And it wasn't like I was driving around the corner. I actually went from this this club... All the way to my home, which was about five miles, through the middle of the city, through several intersections. I had to navigate off ramps, everything. And apparently, on ramps? On ramps. <laughs> apparently, yes, because I was doing off ramps. Occasionally, I would get a little bit nervous and freak out and drive too slowly, he said. But he said, I drove perfectly. Well, so I'm a great drunk driver. Well, it reminds me of the WKRP episode where Johnny Fever was taking a drinking test on the air and his reflexes got quicker the more he got drunk. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. You know, that night I learned to never, ever do that again. In fact, I don't like driving even after having one drink within an hour. It really makes me nervous because I know how badly you can kill someone 
doing something like that and how many lives you can ruin just because you're not being cautious. Well, so again, I mean, that was something stupid that I would never, just, ever, ever do again. You're just pimping it, baby. Yeah. You know? And I'm done with that. So, I have a third story, but uh, I'm not going to share it because it involves <laughs> murder. <laughs> no, it, it involves upchucking, so we're not going to go there. Well, yeah, I mean, I could I could list probably 30 or 40 that I remember of upchucking, and, and that's and really... probably a few you don't. Generally, what uh, most of my uh, youthful indiscretions involve is drinking and doing stupid things while drunk, so it's not a good thing. I've been at many parties with John. And that's all I'm going to say? <laughs> that's all I have to say about that, as Forrest Gump would say. <laughs> oh, geez, what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? We got another tune. We have another tune, yes, from, we... from the people who will be showing up in uh, central New York. March 24th, 7.30 p.m., SUNY Institute of Technology, North Utica, Deerfield, whatever they're calling that now. Yep. Be there or be square. Yep. Here is the lascivious biddies with Hell of a Boy.
The biddies rock. Yep. Even when they're doing something sparse like that. That was like Aerosmith, man. <laughs> Where's my lighter? <laughs> that was a sweet tune. Yep. That was really cool. Kind of in keeping with the theme, uh, immature man. <laughs> That's right. Yes, between the two of us, we have probably two-thirds of a man. That might have been about you, <laughs> actually. I'm not sure. Yep, probably. That whole arrest thing? <laughs> I was never arrested. Oh, okay. No arrests were made? None whatsoever. No one was Actually, arrested. Actually, nobody. You're certain nobody at that party was arrested? Um, I don't remember all of the party. But I, don't think I actually don't remember any of the party, but I know I wasn't arrested. Or actually, yeah. I was arrested, and I don't know. No, I was just sent to my room, and then uh, I was summoned later the next day. Uh-huh. Yep. And was the doc peeved? <laughs> actually, my parents are very cool about that kind of thing, because I grew up in a family where alcohol was not like this big, huge taboo, you know? Right. So basically... Everyone in your family <laughs> busted at a college dorm party. What's that about? No, no, no. They were they were disappointed, and and you know I'm a kid who never got in trouble as far as they knew before. So, you know they they were pretty cool with that. Well, that's cool. They knew that I was bummed out too, so they didn't really uh, grind it into my brain. Yeah. Well, you know we all grow up. Yep. Or some of us don't. I don't know. <laughs> Speaking to myself. Saw a movie at the uh, that place that won't sell me concerts and court tickets. I'm going to bang my head against the table several times now. We John's, all know the place. John's beating the brim of his hat against his windscreen. And what kind of hat is it? Is that that American pimp hat? No, it's an F1 uh, Williams Renault. BMW Williams. Mm-hmm. It's the Ralph Schumacher hat. I saw a film called Little Manhattan, and I really don't have that much to say about this film. It was sort of a cute little romantic comedy about 11-year-olds. Well, first love kind of thing. Yeah, first love kind of thing. Um, It's about a young boy named Gabe, played by Josh Hutcherson, who um, falls in love with a little neighborhood girl that he went to kindergarten. And that is the adorable Rosemary, played by Charlie Ray. So if you look at the credits, you'll be confused. You'll say, where's the girl? <laughs> but that that would be Charlie Ray. And I don't want to give too much away about the film, but his parent, Gabe's parents are going through a divorce. And um, the child experiences his, his, his first kind of puppy love kind of thing with this girl. And they do so many cool things together. And it, in many ways, this is a commercial for Manhattan. If you watch really? the film, it was filmed in such a wonderful part of Manhattan that you would think it was sort of like a commercial for Manhattan. And of course, you know, they both live in apartment buildings that have doormen and, and elevator operators. So there's the, the wacky doorman. And it's actually very funny. Carlton the doorman? Exactly. Yeah, well, he was like Snuffleupagus, wasn't he? He was. He was dog like Kind of like Stephen Wright. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I thought it was a really cool, cute film. Very lighthearted, very, um, you know, very, very light in general. So if you're looking for something funny and just something that'll make you laugh, this film is is really sweet. And uh, it's beautifully photographed. And again, those parts of Manhattan are uh, lovely, you know, so it's definitely something to see. Yeah, well, I'll put that on my queue as well. A little Manhattan. Oh, Mark Levin, directed by Mark Levin. It's a 2005 film, and it's 90 minutes. Exactly. He made it come out to like the millionth of a second. It's 90 minutes. Great. He gets points for accuracy. Yes, yes, yes. So that's it. So we could either end the show now or talk about another movie. I think we should end it right now. This will be the shortest show in a while. Yeah, and I think that you know we've been doing some long shows lately, and I think we'll give people a little bit of a break you you know, from us. Break? Yeah, yeah, they don't need us. And maybe next week we'll have a real topic. Yeah, and we'll have um, 
another person on the show, I think. Actually, yeah. Next week is our first official interview. That's if he shows up because he just emailed me to tell me he has a film conference in New York City Saturday night and he's going to drive all night and come back <laughs> to be our first guest. I'll tell you what. We're going to have one of two things. We're going to have a great interview or a person sleeping and just a, another show on location somewhere. Well, if we have to do that, we'll just get whoever's working at the cafe that they Nick or Molly to be our guest. Yeah, we're just going to grab anyone and, and we'll have a little bit of a conversation about Actually, what... that could be a great show. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. If, if he doesn't show up, we'll just grab somebody from the uh, from the cafe. It's generally slow on Sundays, but we'll, we can find somebody to do the show, and we'll just we'll just talk to him. That'd we can do that. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I think it'll be a cool show. So until next week. Claxons. That's what they are. And what do they mean? They mean the show is over. Oh, I thought they meant dive. <laughs> they sometimes mean that. But yeah, I just quoted Iron Chef. Over. Over. He says oh, over right. kind of the way Scott Minkoff used to. Oh, I shouldn't name names. No, no naming of names. No. <laughs> the way you know he used funny? to say it. Come it's over. not even the guy in the Iron Chef. It's the interpreter for the guy in the Iron yeah, Chef. Yeah, that's exactly the jab, real Japanese version. Anyway, check out the blog, www.bloodyveg.com. We got a new gallery up. Check that out. And that's yep. www.bloodyveg.com slash gallery. Yep, and we'll be putting anything that we find interesting up there, as well as pictures of you, which and may be interesting. Vacation photos, too. Yeah. Leave us feedback. Send them the feedback. Feedback at bloodyveg.com. And, and remember. You know, you know what we're going to do? What? I promise that we're going to take some pictures of the location. We'll do it. And remember, you're listening to V-I-B.